What you're about to listen to was originally broadcast on 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia. For details, go to the website 98five.com. On 98.5, this is Weekdays with Mike. Good morning and welcome to Friday and good morning and welcome to the studio once again, Natalie Nichols, education guru, expert. Oh, I've got the right time. There we go. Try is that, that better? Oh, oh there, there we, go. we go. Sorry, Natalie. That's all right. I actually We're got the wrong, um, the wrong uh, button on the panel here. Oh, that's okay. Uh, I have no idea. That's a very well, complicated panel there, Mike. I, I, <laughs> I had one job to do. <laughs> and that was to pre- press that button and look what happened. <laughs> Natalie, <all> right. <laughs> education uh, expert, uh, good morning and welcome. Thank you. Good morning to you yeah, too, Mike. Nice to have you. And we've too. been talking about so much over the last few months, haven't we? Mm, and we've, we've sort of scratched the surface, I guess, on yes. so many different issues. What are we going to be talking about today? Yeah, look, this is becoming a bit of a hot topic. It's what we call dysgraphia, Mike. Dysgraphia. Yes. Could you please explain that again? Yes. (laughs) My memory is not all that good. (laughs) Okay, so we have touched briefly on dysgraphia, but it's definitely an area that is coming up a lot more recently. People kind of heard of dyslexia um, and kind of know it's something to do with reading. But when we hear about dysgraphia, um, it definitely raises lots of questions. So dysgraphia is really the medical term that we use to describe a disability in writing. And it manifests itself in like that written expression. So if you think of dyslexia, it's more associated with the reading side of things. Um, Then dysgraphia is more on that written side. Okay. Okay. So is it understanding letters and actually how to put that together? put words together is that what yeah, you're yeah, yeah. so um i'll give you th- basically there's three main components okay. if we're looking at dysgraphia we've got three main components the first one is what we call a visual spatial um i'll explain that in a minute i know okay. it's a complicated term mm-hmm. um the ears. other <laughs> the other component is what we call our fine motor we'll actually explain too and then is our language processing so um, under our visual spatial, things you might see with a child are discrimination between letters and shapes and confusion between those. So um, it's quite normal for a child to um, distinguish between B- Bs and Ds and have a little bit of confusion up till around age eight. Um, oh, okay. But if anything kind of continues after that, that can be a little bit of a red flag. So, um, and it's quite an interesting thing, you know, when you see that a child is, you know, they look at a B or a D and they say it's the other letter and you think, what? you can't see that. But in their mind, they're actually seeing some th- the other letter or they might be seeing a P or a Q. So to us, it's quite clear, but to them, they can't distinguish that difference. Mm. And that can happen with shapes as well. Um, and also one of the main common things you'll see is what we call the spacing between letters. So, you know, when we're writing, we write our letters next to each other, we leave a space and then we write our next word and you can see that we have the spacing between that. Mm. So you can understand where a word starts and where a word ends. But a child with dysgraphia will have difficulties with understanding that spacing and so they may have quite a large space between each letter and you can't really see where the next word starts or finishes. It's just a bunch of letters oh, on so the page. So it all runs. Yeah, it could have quite right. big spacing or could have no spacing whatsoever and just be a big bunch of letters crammed up towards, you know, so they're mm-hmm. really packed. Um, and also they may skip lines. And, you know, I've seen examples of work where, um, you know, a child's written quite largely on the page and just skipped quite a few lines 
um, and then just that that's been their piece of writing but you know sometimes to a parent that might seem that oh actually they just cheated and they didn't know what to write so they just wrote something really quick in big letters but actually we need to be thinking is there something else there can they actually distinguish between the spacing are they having difficulties in that area mm, okay. um, or is you know we're not just putting it down to behaviour there. Oh, interesting. Mm. Natalie, we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, talk some more. You are on 98.5. This is Weekdays with Mike and my guest in the studio is Natalie Nichols. Back after this. This is Weekdays with Mike and joining me in the studio this morning is Natalie Nichols, Education Specialist. We are talking about dysgraphia, something I um, don't know anything about. In fact, even the terminology, Natalie, is quite interesting. Do you think there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't even know, they've never heard that terminology? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I hear that quite often, actually. Mm. Um, That, you know, what is that term? I've never heard of that. Yeah. Um, Dyslexia is quite a common thing people have heard of. Which we've talked about. Yeah, that's right. And it was Mm. back in the 70s, 80s and things. So, um, whereas dysgraphia is not that much of a common term. Yeah. Um, And interesting as well, when when children or anyone has a diagnosis, the psychologists don't necessarily use that term. Um, It's also known as um, a difficulties or disorder with written expression. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is where sometimes people are, okay, well, is that dysgraphia? But yes, it comes under that umbrella of, yes, it can be also called dysgraphia. Is that a um, hard one to diagnose? I mean, because when do, what age are kids actually starting to write anyway? Mm, yes. I mean, I mean yeah. a, a, do you go, well, <laughs> I mean, how do you, det- if they, are they still on that process of learning? Mm. And at what stage does it kind of kick in? So hang on, mm. I, I think we've got a problem or I think we've identified something. Yeah. Is that difficult? Look, this is really tricky because everybody has a different viewpoint on when children need to be starting to learn how to write. Mm. Um, personally, you know, I believe that, you know, as long as we're building up a child's uh, motor strength, um, then just making sure they're actually ready. So before they're writing, do they have that core stability? Have they got their arm strength? Have they got the hand strength? Have they got the finger strength to be able to write? And, you know, that's what we really need to, ha- be to have first because that's one of the other main components is that fine motor challenge. So things like difficulties with using scissors, um, difficulties, with, you know, cutting and things, um, difficulties with letter formation as well. They're kind of something you'll see earlier on in the um, those early stages. Um, but obviously, you know, when kids are starting to learn how to write, it's very common that things are going to be quite spaced out and they're going to be quite messy. Mm. So it's not necessarily something that people will see until they're a little bit older. Okay. Um, and uh, so that and that's where the signs of um, those difficulties can come about. Um, you know, you start looking around year one can be quite a common time in year two. Because that's when the pressure really gets put on from schools. They need to be writing like a page of work. And year one? Yeah, sometimes. Has that changed? That, I mean, the second half, I, mean, I don't know if that's my school, but it's I'm quite common. I'm, I'm a bit out of the loop. It's been a I while. know, it's quite a but lot for kids. One. Yeah. Are we yeah. talking, when, are we talking uh, cursive writing? We yeah, I think like kind of by the end of the year, they, you know, they're expected to at least kind of write about half a page or at least, you know. Some some kind of story do, and do they <laughs> it's keep? A lot, do they yeah. got to keep between the lines? <laughs> like you got yeah. your lines and you kind of got to keep within. It's, it's almost a bit like colouring in, right? You yes. Don't cut, uh, yeah. Go yeah those are the lines. lines. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, That's come right. on, Natalie. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
there's your fine motor though, isn't it, Mike? Yeah. See, that's your fine motor, being able to um, to control that, that those muscles, to be able to keep within those lines and also to be able to form those letters. And the other part that comes under that, what we call fine motor, but also what we call our motor memory. So being able to remember the direction of those letters. So memory is a huge component uh, of this too. So um, as children who may have challenges in the, the motor department in general will you know, commonly have troubles with this as well because it is a motor skill that's required. Rightio. So, yeah. Thinking about your Ds, your Bs, yeah. your, how you, as you just said, and even writing a G. And the directionality and as well. Like if you think about how, you know, when we write our C and our As, our Ds, mm. you know, I really encourage people to teach children the direction of letters at the same time so they've got a bunch of the ones going all anti-clockwise or all clockwise, ah, things like that. Because that motor memory can be quite a challenge. Otherwise, which way am I going? Which direction am I forming this mm. letter in? Um, and, you know, and that, that can lead to things like being really fatigued and really tired because they don't have that muscle strength. Mm. Um, and um, and then that can also then lead to things like learned helplessness. I, I can't do it. It's just oh, too right. much. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, and then, um, and then commonly um, you may see a child that is what we call passive learner where they'll sit back and just wait for the instructions in class or... You know, wait for someone else to be informing me of what to do because oh, it's just okay. all too hard. And you early, know? we're talking, we're talking yeah, year, year ones and year twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Because it can be quite mm. difficult. Um, and uh, these are those signs. It's like, okay, well, we can intervene and help the children right yeah. now. And there's a lot of fantastic OT support to be able okay. to de develop those fine mm. motor components. Interesting. Um, and to strengthen that. Um, mm, that's good. We'll take a break. Sure. We shall come back and talk some more. I was keen to ask you about the kids to get taught how to even hold a, a pencil oh, or a pen these days. Good question. Because I, we'll, we'll come back <laughs> and have a chat. I was just curious about that yeah. because you see a lot of even a lot of um, uh, older or even teenagers or even early twenties. Often, uh, the way they hold a pen is unusual. Yes. I wonder whether they still teach that in schools. Oh, we'll come back. Yes. My guest in the studio this morning is Natalie Nichols, Education the Specialist, and we are talking about dysgraphia this morning. You're on 98.5. If you've got a question for Natalie, you can text in 0429 98.5. 98.5. Back after this one. Final countdown. You are on 98.5 weekdays with Mike and Natalie Nichols, education. Uh, in, uh, what's your title again? Sorry, Natalie. Um, <laughs> I keep thinking guru, expert, um, expert. Oh, look, it's a tricky one because I could cover a lot of areas. <laughs> but look, basically, learning and education intervention is my area. Official. Code. Yes. yes it's great. Yes. So call and me what you like, doesn't all matter. Right. <laughs> and we're talking about that thing that starts with letter D, describe it. <laughs> I remember that. Dysgraphia. Yeah, I've got it. to ask you about, before we can move, okay. the, the whole holding the pen thing. Yeah. Like, what's with that? Because I can remember <laughs> growing up, going to school, and it was a little while ago, yeah. but you actually got taught how to hold a pen or a pencil. Mm. Some of the grips I see these days, it looks like that your hands are <laughs> cramped over a, a pen or a pencil. I don't know how people write. Yes, yes. You look, it looks right. like you've got a bit of a hooked grip, what you've yeah. got there. It's where yeah, you, yeah. your wrist has That's kind of come right. over the top. Yep. And, difficult to it looks be able uncomfortable to right yeah look um th does that matter yes it does look. okay um and grips start very early on okay very early on so it's very normal for a child to be grasping a pen or a pencil or a crayon 
when they're really little and just doing big scribbles from the top and and that kind of fist grip. And then they start to change. If anyone's really interested on the actual images, just Google um, images of pen pen Uh, grips and stages and it will come up with a – there's a series of stages for you to have a look at. Um, But the ideal one as they get a little bit older is what we call a pincer grip. Is that what it's called? And and that's where we're using our – um, a finger, our your thumb, and our thumb, yep. and we're resting on our third finger. Yes, that's the proper way. Isn't that's it? the prop. Well, yes. Well, well there's well. also the third. Some and also <laughs> it's okay. It's okay <laughs> to have that third finger there too. You know, so some people hold, you know, their second and third finger on there with their um, their thumb, and that's okay too. That gives you um, really good mm. um, grip there. But it is quite common that pincer grip is, you know, those first okay. ones there. Yeah. So we, we diverted. <laughs> we diverted. We, we you di- wanted to know. <laughs> That's okay. So we, we'll get back on track. Yeah, okay. So I just wanted to also cover that last part of dysgraphia, which so we looked at visuospatial, we looked at the fine mm-hmm. motor, and the last part, which is really common as well, is that language processing. And this is that oh. information processing, um, and, and this is that part of what to write. Oh, okay. So this is where you'll see a child and you're like, okay, we're writing a story. And you've got the child sitting there and they're like, well, what am I write about? And it's all the time. So it's not just a once random, they don't know what to write. Mm. It's that they're really struggling to get any ideas onto paper. Right, okay. Okay. So you may have a child who's, their fine motor is fine, is fantastic, but they have the written expression part of dysgraphia where they're finding it hard to get any ideas down. Mm, Okay. Okay. And sometimes you'll have children who have um, both of those components. Um. So, um, and even when they've written their work or even got something down eventually, yeah. then they will um, also have trouble either reading back their work, have trouble self-checking their work um, and even improving their work. And that's also part of that, what we call that organisation of our thoughts okay. and being able to get things down into a sequence. Um, so that's becoming yeah. quite... Um, not common, but becoming more of a thing that parents are becoming more aware of or okay. teachers are becoming more aware of. Yeah. Why can this child write something? Why can this child not write something? They may be verbally fantastic and able to get their ideas out verbally, but for some reason they're unable to get them down on paper. So can that be a mix? Like, So if you were reading something back, yeah. it wouldn't make sense? Like there'd be words that don't kind of flow? Is that where you'd... Is that how you'd, yeah, you'd, like you'd pick it up? Like, hang yep. on, this doesn't make sense, yeah. this, this sentence. Yeah, it's quite commonly that disorganisation of yeah. um, of words and sentences on the page. Um, That'd be the flag for it, okay. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. So if eventually have they have got something down, it's just a bit of a jumbled mess. Um, and unfortunately, when people aren't aware that this is actually um, a disorder, a difficulty, that we can be quite hard on children. I've met some, I've seen some horrendous comments you know even just from che- teachers try mm. harder you oh, know are you yeah. rushed your work mm. well you know did they really rush it or were they having trouble with fine motor um you know and putting that pressure on the kids when we need to be thinking well the why. is there something else going on mm. here yeah um and then let's look past um if it's a behavioral thing and, and mm, whether or not there might be a cause there yeah We'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got some questions coming through. We'll try and get to those really uh, quickly. So uh, if you, yeah, you've got a question, uh, jump in quick. 0429-985-985 is the text line. Back with Natalie after this.
are on 98.5. It is uh, weekdays with Mike. Natalie Nichols is with me in the studio. Natalie, to finish off, I've got a uh, good text here from uh, Giselle from Lansdale. Thank you and good morning. Uh, Giselle says, what can we do for a child that is showing signs like we've been talking about today with uh, dysgraphia? Uh, what are some of your daily tips, please? Good way to finish this morning. Mm. What advice can you give um, to people listening today? Yeah, look, um, I've got a few different things. So focusing on if we're having a look at fine motor, um, if your child has struggles with fine motor, obviously um, it's great to be able to seek out expert um, help here and be able to see an OT to get a proper assessment in that. Um, but at home there are heaps of activities that you can do to build their strength. So what we're doing is building their body strength, their arm strength, their hand strength, their finger strength so that they have that strength underlying to be able to hold that pencil. Um, and then we're looking at what we call our letter formations and memory. Okay. And so lots of practice on, on the letter formations and memory. There are ways you can do that as well. So you can um, have what we call like raised letters or sandpaper letters. So you can actually visually see or feel those letters um, underneath as well. You can also do nice big chalk letters using your arms. So you do big arm oh movements. Um, so what you want to do is kind of internalise the, the shape of letters. Um, so you can also, you know, get some clay or Play-Doh, making letters with them like that, um, closing their eyes and um, being able to feel the shape of the letter and telling you what letter is this, you know, as they move their hand around the letters. So what you're trying to do is just get right. that internal sense of the formation of a letter, what a letter feels like as well as looks like when we're wow. forming it. So that could help even with a lot of the play things you find with letters to mm. actually hold mm. often you get the magnetic letters. Yes. And I the think wood we letters. had them on our fridge yep. at one stage. That's right. So yeah. you're even holding those and closing your eyes. Yes, definitely. Feeling That's them. interesting. Yeah, we do those kind of things um, all the time with kids where you might even grab a letter out of a bag. Make sure yeah. you've got an eye patch on because I might sneak yeah. in your eyes through. Yeah, cheating. Yeah, no, a bit cheating, mm. yeah. Um, and just feeling that letter and you know what it actually is can really help. And then the getting them then to, okay, now we're going to write that letter or we're going to trace that letter on a piece of paper um, or even on a chalkboard outside, painting letters. So there's lots of different what does the ways. Cha- what does the, the chalkboard do? Does that help with direction? Mm. When you say yep. like, so you do it on a larger scale, mm-hmm. like you'd write the letter quite large? Yes, on, on definitely. The, on a, on a and if they're at a level where they need... Um, they're not really understanding the letter formation yet. You can even just have a, a soft outline of the letter first oh so they can okay. trace over, da- you know, quite strongly just to build their confidence up really. Um, but, yeah, if you – putting things on um, a wall or, or writing in chalk against a wall is actually a really good um, development of skills. So that's also crossing a midline, which is nice big arm movements. There's lots of lots of developmental um uh, benefits of being able to write something on a wall mm. um, uh, and in big movements as well. So instead of going straight to paper and just doing ah, small letters, okay. we can actually just be doing them everywhere, even on the ground with chalk. Oh, yeah, right. You know, so just kind of okay. think outside of the box and be yeah. creative on how we could do that. What age are we talking about? Would oh. you be? I know it varies. Yeah. There's no mm. magic number, but mm. as a guide again, just to refresh. Yeah. So look, if it's even if, if they're a little bit older and they're still struggling with that, there's yeah. no reason why you couldn't do that too. Um, and even for kids who are starting to learn how to write, mm. these are great activities to do as well. Just getting them to understand the formation of those. But again, that that strength, we need to make sure that strength's there too, because they mm, will fatigue. Okay. So kids are kind of, I'm really tired, or they're I'm hungry. They're giving up really quickly as I'm well. Bored. Yeah, those kind of things. Are they strong? Do they have that yeah. muscle strength? Um, Play-Doh is really good for that too. You know, being able to strengthen those muscles, even if they Google 
find motor strengthening activities um, are great strategy, too. Strategy, uh, boys, girls, different or pretty well the uh, same. You haven't noticed any kind of, it's, it can be, you know, either. Yeah, and I think just adjust it for your child. You know what your yeah. child would be more interested in. Um, so that's just on fine motor. I'll quickly mm. just cover um, yeah, some sure. other areas there. So language support, if there's really, it's a little bit older and they're st really still struggling with the writing, um, provide an accommodation and things like touch typing. So get them into some kind of touch typing lessons online um, okay. and building up that skill. Because obviously as we're going, you know, we're always going to yes. be doing that as well. So yeah. that's always a good one to have as a backup for kids. Voice to text, there are heaps of, um, even Google I think does that now or even um, mm. any of the programs they're using. Um, and also being able to get our ideas out. So if your child's learning how to write mm. um, and they're struggling to get ideas, what you can do is use an organiser. So there's, okay. things, there's one really great one, which is called mind mapping. It's yeah. actually a, a method on how we can organise our thoughts. Um, and there's some great apps that give you some ideas for mind mapping. Um, and they allow us to then put our ideas into certain areas. Oh so then we've got right. something visually to follow on a right. piece of paper before we start writing. Mind mapping. Mind mapping, I might yes. share that with some of my colleagues <laughs> um, around 98.5. <laughs> that is a great tip, Natalie. We are we are out of time. Okay. We could, we could keep talking, but thank <laughs> you for could. coming, and it was really good. No. Thank you, um, Giselle from Lansdale, for your question. We'll shall catch up in a couple of weeks. We'll do. Thank you. Good so on much you, Natalie. My guest in the studio this morning has been uh, education expert Natalie Nichols. Back after this, you are on ninety-eight five weekdays with Mike. For more details on this and other programs, contact 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia or visit the website 98five.com.